Hi, this is the Social Jello with Angelo show. My name's Angelo. I'm a social scientist, surfer, martial artist, and a whole lot of other things. Coming to you live from Kasai City, Japan, the Social Jello with Angelo show. What's up? And welcome to Social Jello with Angelo. I am here with John Hoylo, uh, author of Blood, Sweat, and Bone, the Kajukemba philosophy, available on Amazon. And we're here to talk about his book and Kajukembo and the philosophy of Kajukembo, but we're not going to talk about what is Kajukembo. We are going to talk about what is not Kajukembo at the end of this. But before we start, John Hoyle, how many how many martial artists does it take to screw in a light bulb? Uh, I, I don't know. How many, Angelo? Three. One to do it. The second one to say that his technique was off. And the third one, to say that they could do it better. Sounds about right. I could have sworn there's like 50 each. <laughs> yeah, well, there's different variations. But, <laughs> but either way, um, so you, the, the author of Blood, Sweat, and Bone, let's just, uh, so I got, uh, like I told you earlier, I was able to read a few sections of your book. It is available on Kindle. And on Amazon, hard copies are available in the U.S., I believe. I don't know if they're available in Japan yet. Yeah, the, um, yeah. Uh, I decided to go with colored photos because I got a little bit of history in there. And uh, there's a problem sending the books to Japan in that case. So, And then some more clarifications we need to make. John is the uh, program director of Kajukembo Okayama. So we I'm are not Angelo. Japan. Yeah, obviously. Right? Well, I mean, you think I say obviously. <laughs> But we still have my subscribers contacting John to contact people on his show. He does have his own show. You should check it out. It's called the Ko. Which one? We got uh, the the KAA has the Kajukembo deep dive, and uh, then I got the four shots of Kajukembo mini show, and that's about it. Okay, so there it is. And people get confused. In fact, one of John's students asked me, "I really like that three shots of Kajukembo show you do." And I looked at him, and I'm like. Your instructor is right there. <laughs> this is getting ridiculous. <laughs> so yeah, I am Social Jello with Angelo podcast. John is the host of two different podcasts: um, the, the 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 deep dive and four shots. shots. Four shots. Four shots. Roger Campbell, if you want to check those out, I will try to link them so it's not as confusing. And um, yeah. So what made you want to write this book? I know you opened the book with a conversation about why I don't want to talk about what is Kajukembo anymore, which is funny because I just opened the podcast with the same statement. But uh, what, what made you want to write this book? man? Um, well, you notice the name, uh, the Kajukembo philosophy. That's the actual name of the book. Uh, I only chose blood, sweat and bone because I needed to get people's attention. Uh, it's actually the Kajukembo philosophy, and it's based on some older YouTube videos I made called the Kajukembo philosophy. Uh, very low quality videos that I, that I was still proud of. Uh, but the whole point of those videos five, six years ago, end of the book, is that you cannot define or describe Kaiju Kembo with its curriculum. And that's why I started the book talking about that issue we have that we cannot come to an answer on what it is. Um, the idea is that if you remove all of our curriculum, you get rid of all our techniques, uh, you still have a lot left that makes Kaiju Kembo unique. 
And that's the stuff I wanted to talk about. And that is all the philosophy, because I think it's something people are not talking about enough. And I think it's the cause that's the cause of a lot of our problems, not only in the last 20, 30 years, but even this year in some of the issues that come up on our discussions online, even. And all right, there's a lot to unpack there. Let's start with um with this idea that Kajakembo has a curriculum. Because I've been working on this new series called the Kajakembo Method series. I don't know if that's the exact title of it, but but if you do look at my playlist, it says Kajakembo Methods, and I've been interviewing people that come from the Emperado method, people that come from the Tampai method, and now we have the Garcia method. And since I started it, thousand Kajakembo guys are all contributing. My method, my method. And I'm mine. I'm open to it. I'm not the Kaju Kembo podcast. Just to clarify. But <laughs> I don't mind talking about Kaju Kembo, which is mostly what I talk about. Oh, it is your first Kaju Kembo. This is for a podcast you came across about Kaju Kembo. This might be the worst one to listen to. Um, at the end of it, there will be a What is Kaju Kembo podcast I did with uh, UFC coach John Hackleman and owner of the pit, Hawaiian Kempo. Shout out to Omi Hackleman. Um, so one of the things that I see coming across right away is just looking at the methods, they all have similar but different curriculum. And I think the pit is a great example. And that's why I love talking to Hackleman because his his approach is super radical. And by, by the time this podcast came out, the Godin method will be up. And you'll understand why Hackleman has such a radical approach to his Kajikembo. Um, and it's because Godin he's branched off and Godin's not the only one who did this by the way a lot of guys would kind of branch off for whatever reason and i don't want to go into a long historical thing we're trying to finish this up quickly but guys would branch off and then come back right they'd branch off they'd go do their own thing maybe they get kicked out maybe they'd piss someone off and then they'd get forgiven or maybe they would never got forgiven like in Godin's case he got forgiven after he died so like you know, that was, was largely like, because of uh, that book, right? Black Robe. No, it wasn't. He he got he got forgiven because of because of uh, Hackleman's accomplishments, pretty much. Like to to put it in a nutshell, Hackleman was was you know had Chuck Liddell was accomplishing a lot in the martial arts world, and so Cejo brought him back. Like I said, I don't, I don't want this to be a historical podcast, but I'm trying to keep it like real broad for someone anybody listening. Yeah, Chuck Liddell is a Kajikembo guy. His branch is a Kajikembo school. But they branched off before Chuck Liddell was even Chuck Liddell. And then they came back after Chuck Liddell was Chuck Liddell because the higher-ups felt that it would it would be good for Kaji Kembo to, to, let, to bury the hatchet with that school and the history that they had with it. So, um, and they did. And everything's cool and everyone's Kaji Kembo. But when that kind of stuff happens, and you can see it when I'm interviewing people in the methods, the Imperato method, the Imperato method guys, they didn't want to do Kung Fu. We don't want it. We don't want it. But it's weird because like me and you were talking about off screen, but then where did the black, and I'm going to do another podcast. That, that podcast came out before this too, by the way. So like, if you just go into my Kaja Kimmel methods um, and my series of Kaja Kimmel series, you'll find all the stuff I'm talking about. So you're not lost if you're a Kaja Kimmel guy. I do recommend you go into Kaja Kimmel. There's two, two, two playlists, Kaja Kimmel methods, and then there's the Kaja Kimmel interviews. It's all about Kaja Kimmel. Go in there. You'll find the shit I'm talking about. Because the one I'm, the other one I'm going to do is how did this Chinese influence come into Kaja Kimmel? And if you look at the Godin school, they branched off way before that happened. Um, but they still ended up wearing black geese. 
but that's a total different story because people were wearing black keys back then. That was like a very signature part of Kaju Kembo. So people are shit, fuck. Now we're talking about what is Kaju Kembo. God damn it. I didn't want to do this. avoid it, man. <laughs> it's, uh... it's going to haunt you. When you die, guess what's going to go on your gravestone? I'm going to make sure it gets on that. <laughs> what is Kaju Kembo? Quote. Um, black keys are, are a staple of Kaju Kembo. Not to say that not all, not all, some schools still wear the white key. Some some people like to wear their white keys. That's great, but it's a staple of Kajikembo. Now, that being said, why am I trying to spiel all this? Because before you start talking about the philosophies and pissing a lot of people off, I think, and pissing off other Kajikembo guys. This is obviously a podcast for other Kajikembo guys, uh, not the general public, which is another problem that we'll get to later. Uh, the philosophy tends to be the same. The method and approach tends to be different with some schools throwing out the curriculum altogether and saying, you know what, like the Pitts philosophy, have a killer instinct. They don't believe in sets. And I'm not from the Pitt school. I'm going to just say this right off the bat. I come from a curriculum school. I still teach curriculum. We could all get along in my, in my approach. My philosophy is we can all get along, even if we don't have the same approach to get our students to where we want them to be. Cause in my, and I'll let you talk about the philosophy. I'll, I'm going to hand that over to you in a sec. Um, so it, in Hackleman School, it's about having strong punches, strong kicks, strong takedowns, strong defense, and a killer instinct that doesn't abide by any rules. And they don't care about actual curriculum. There are no set punch one, two, three, four, fives. There are no forms. They They got rid of everything. And they're just teaching the philosophy of bust them up, put them on the ground, take them out as quickly as possible, get ready for multiple attackers. That's pretty much, if I were to boil down how that school runs, as opposed to my school, punch tricks one through 10, grab tricks one through 10, knife one through five, club one through five. Set, parameter, you do this, 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 with a little leeway on how each instructor teaches those techniques. My instructor would say, he, did, he loved karate, so he had the hands down, and I got rid of that. I said, this doesn't make any sense. I'm not, if this is not how I fight, this is not how I fight. So why am I going to have my elbow down? I'm going to have my hands up. So I'll have my hands up, or and or I'll do the assault where the hands are down. You're just waiting there for the attack to happen, and then you start reacting. And that's my school, right? So already there's a difference between my school and my instructor's school. There's a big difference between my school and Hackleman's program. So, right. And that's exactly what's going on with the philosophy thing is that there's going to be different schools that have very different ways to teach. Uh, the way I always described it talked about how my instructor loves, uh, he loves, uh, loves the fighting, but he also does a lot of the CQC close quarter military kind of stuff because it's effective for teaching kids at the most basic level what they do. Uh, and he focuses on that. But his instructor loves to do Kung Fu forms. His instructor never really did Kung Fu forms in the style at all. And that's what you're talking about, that's exactly what I was saying five, six years ago when I made these videos, is that we're going to disagree on some things, on some ideas, but there's a lot that we still agree on, and that is the Kajikama philosophy. And I want to be clear, too, some people are going to disagree with you and me on what the philosophy should be, and that's okay as long as they're talking with their students about it. There's this problem about the... The people coming up in Kaiju Kembo are not being talked to about 
that philosophy. I think a lot of teachers just kind of take for granted that the students pick it up. And that becomes an issue now. Um, when I came to Japan, I was really surprised at how often the masters of the traditional Japanese styles talk to their students about the character growth, the inner development. I'm not just talking like at an isekai when everyone's drinking beer. I'm, I'm talking a lecture hall full of karate students listening to a karate grandmaster just talking about how this kanji is representative of benevolence and this and as a karate person you need to be this type of character and it's largely connected to the culture in Japan too but I think even in America we're not even more close to that in America there are, people talk about karate does this for you your jujutsu makes you this kind of person but I feel in America it's really Hollywooded up. I think a lot of people get it from the movies and the Mr. Miyagi stuff rather than directly from their instructors. And this is why we need to talk about the philosophy. Even if we disagree on it, we have to talk to our students about it. Well, it just reminds me of uh, something that Daniele Bolelli has been saying a lot lately. Uh, another guy's been on my podcast and a historian and a martial artist and MMA fighter, retired MMA fighter himself. And one of the things he says is a lot of people think that if you do, and he comes from a, he comes from a jujitsu background and a judo background and also a kung fu background. Very similar, yeah, similar mix. Um, a lot of people think that if you do jujitsu, it's going to make you a better person. So like if you start doing jujitsu, as you do jujitsu, you're going to develop character and then you're somehow going to become this more honorable, better person. But his take on it is if, if you're an asshole and you start learning how to do jujitsu, now you're just an asshole who can choke someone out. Yes, and I talk about that in the book as well. Um, I talk about it. Uh, I talk about a couple cases, including Kung Fu Guy, uh, which is what he gets called. Uh, Bushido did a big old long uh, chat. That was like years ago. I don't know if you remember this. This was the tape that went around of some dude who said he was taught Kung Fu by Jesus. And yeah, yeah, I know. Oh, wait, you're muted, by the way. Yeah, I know. I, I did on purpose. Okay. That way I don't, that way I, that's how I stopped myself from interrupting my guests. Uh, that's That was the guy that was doing like the, the wave of the hand people would fall over? No, no, no. This guy, he, this was not a, a no-touch master. This guy said he learned Kung Fu from Jesus and there he went to a dojo and said he wanted to work with the guys and the sensei was kind of like, yeah, whatever, but okay, go ahead. You can fight him. And this Kung Fu guy actually did very well. The, the footage showed him putting up with the fight, but the other guy got really pissed off and ended up stomping on his head and they dragged him out the back. There's video of him being dragged out with blood trailing. Um, and I think they found out more since then, but this is one of the cases I bring up in the book as well, talking about, like you say, you learn jujitsu, but if you're already an asshole, then now you're an asshole who can choke people out. You're Now you're an asshole who can bully people and do terrible things. This is the point of Bushido. This is the point of chivalry. Both of those things in Europe and in Japan, the way we know them today, they only came about when people were not fighting anymore. It was, people are, they had these ways to kill people who were below them, the peasants. How do you keep them in control? How do you keep them from doing big things? Ushido and Shibori was part of that, teaching them to be good people with this knowledge they have to kill people. And so going back, to what you, you said earlier, because you also said there's there's a lot of issues in the Kajikumbo world because we don't talk about the philosophy enough. 
and that the students coming up need to learn more about that philosophy. So without, I don't know if you talk up, like I said, I didn't get to read your whole book. So it, it just a, without ruining your book, so people still pick up your book to read it. Um, what do you think, what do you feel the Kajikama philosophy boils down to? Uh, well, this is like asking you, what is Kajukembo? Okay, um, if you don't want to answer, then don't. <laughs> no, no, I mean, basically, um, it's hard to say, largely because a lot of people disagree on it, and there's just a lot to it. Um, part of it is the ethics, part of it is respect. Uh, I People like to say, you know, respect, respect everyone, respect your elders, respect them, be nice and smile at people. But the respect that we get in Kajukembo is not about being nice to people. The respect is a reflection of the work that you've put into being a Kajikembo black belt, to becoming a Kajikembo Sigang. It's a reflection of that. This is just one small aspect of the Kajikembo philosophy. Another aspect is the kata, uh, which, uh, which some schools love them, some schools hate them, and we can still both talk about that and still both be Kajikembo. The flexibility, of that is part of the philosophy, but also how you train with the kata and the curriculum is part of the philosophy. Um, excuse me. I avoid talking or writing down too many, too much curriculum in the book. I don't say, I have like our first grab art and our first punching attack and done in a paragraph. And the rest is talking about how you're supposed to train with it. How you got to do boxing before you train with the punching attacks. If you don't know how to box, then this curriculum is just dancing. If you don't know how to box and fight, learning the kata is just dancing. That idea is also part of the philosophy. Um, the idea of choosing what you train with, uh, as far as techniques. If you are a junior high school teacher in New York, you can probably pick five to six Kaiju Kembo techniques to train regularly that might come of use. if. You are mugged in New York, or you got to deal with a junior high school kid going crazy in the classroom. A police officer will have a completely different five to six techniques to talk about. And if you're a waitress who's half the size of that junior high school teacher, you're going to have a completely different set of techniques that you can focus on. This is another example of the philosophy that you have to be open to changing the curriculum you teach to each of your students, because each one's gonna want different things, each one's gonna need different things. A lot of people have the Kajikembo program and then the kickboxing program and the judo program, and that's cool. I like that, I respect that. In Kajikembo class, we should already be mixing all of those techniques for everybody who wants to learn them. I was talking to John about, the, oh yeah, if you want to uh, shout out, I don't know how many shout outs I'm gonna make today, uh, how many different shows, uh, I don't even know if there's a name for it, but if you go to the Pit Kajikembo Ohana page every Wednesday, Pacific Standard Time at five o'clock, Ian Hackleman talk about stuff live. And something that came up with him last week, two weeks ago, was we were talking about knife defense and gun training, mostly gun training, knives and guns. And this idea of outsourcing came up because he's like, there's just not enough time. You have You have students coming in once or twice a week and I have to teach them how to defend themselves. I have to teach them. If, if, I, if I go off of the traditional approach, I have to teach them kata. I have to teach them how to defend against a gun. How to against the Like, I, so I don't have time. Right. So, especially here in Japan where no one really has guns except the Yakuza. And they don't, they don't shoot at anybody except each other. 
and this is a guy saying he doesn't have time to do that for a student that comes in once or twice a week and he runs a full-time school that's open mm -hmm. i think six to seven days a week right and he has instructors under him right and he's saying he doesn't have time i'm just a, i don't look I, i'm not going to try to hide in shit here look I, I i teach twice a week i tried doing the six day a week program i live in the middle of nowhere People look at my podcast and they see videos in my school and they think, oh, your school's doing so great. It's doing okay. I, that's not my main focus is to make sure I take care of my students and the, and the clientele that come in. My main focus is not to run Kajukembo as a business. If that's your focus, then you should check out a podcast that I'm going to release that's released right before this with uh, your good buddy, Ron Steller, that talks about how to run a commercial school. I don't run a commercial school. I'm an English teacher. On my spare time, and like a lot of other Kajukempo guys, I do my Kajukempo program outside of that. So they come in twice a week. Where is the time? Where is the time to cover all that stuff? If my 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 main goal is self defense, and we can we can all agree on that, I'm sure. Mm -hmm. I'm sure we can all agree on that one thing. If I grab any Kajukempo guy and I said, "What is your main goal? Kata or self defense?" Most of them, I would say 99% of them will say self-defense. And then those they might argue for or against Kata after that. But we can all agree that our main goal is self-defense. Yes. And here's the thing that I think is important if we're talking about the philosophy is that that is still Kaiju Kembo. People want to separate the gun defense from Kaiju Kembo as in, yeah, you can go to another person who does not do Kaiju Kembo to learn the techniques. But part of the philosophy is that we can take that and it is now part of Kaiju Kembo. Yeah, I mean, just to clarify, Hackelman does have, he called it, he said the core curriculum, in his in his view, is that the core curriculum is his Hawaiian Kempo program. And that's his core curriculum, where they're going to learn how to punch, how to kick, how to defend themselves. That's the main curriculum. In a one-hour class, they're going to be punching, kicking, and doing uh, some sort of self-defense against uh you know not against there's usually a lot of attacking for him and um and then some conditioning drills so that they have the cardio to be able to deal with it and then outside of that i forgot what he called it if it was extras or whatever outside of that a student can opt for an extra and he said then you can make extra money you charge him an extra fee or whatever to then come in and do gun training he said i he personally does gun training twice a week for 30 minutes with it with a guy that does gun training that's certified in gun training and that's in his personal what is that you said there's a tool belt what was that guy you you talked about one of your guys that always says he has three techniques in his pocket and oh, he, oh that, that was the one i'm talking about how five six techniques i got that from hawk hawkheim um who also has kaji campbell lineage behind him as well and that was a great idea i took from him and one of the things i write about yeah yeah and that you, you brought that you probably brought that up in the book i'm guessing yeah i did yeah, yeah. yeah i did yeah. the idea that you you stick with a couple of techniques and then once that waitress or the junior high school teacher, you focus on those techniques, then you learn another one and see if it's better than what you've got. And you focus on them because you can't train a hundred techniques every day, real training. You focus on the ones you're most likely going to use and you keep the rest in your back pocket, work on them once in a while. Um, if you're training for the, for a, a fight professionally, you got to do more than five to six techniques, but it still can't be too many. If you're Kaju Kembo, you got to learn all of it. And you got to have all of it in your back pocket just to know it's there. But you still focus on what you're going to need for your fighting, for your training. 
And I think there has to be an important distinction between a student that wants to be there to be a fighter and a student that wants to be there to protect their family. Both right. can both can protect their families. Both should be able to protect their families. But one is there to test themselves against a person who is also trained to do the same thing. And their goal is a completely different goal. So they're going to have to be pushed in a completely different manner. Yes. Right. Um, okay. I think we covered. So we've unpacked most of what you just said in the first five minutes. If there's still, if people are still listening and you didn't, you know, they were so pissed off. They didn't turn it off already. Let's, let's, let's go to the hottest topic. Um, Can I say one thing? Go ahead. <laughs> And another thing, um, the reason, one of the recent things that I want people to consider when we talk about this character building with Kaiju Kembo is the issue of too many grandmasters, too many professors, which has been around for decades. This is not a new complaint. It's been around for decades and no one's doing shit about it. I do hear there's rumors of an organization in the Kaiju Kembo system that's going to try to police this problem. I don't know how effective it's going to be, and I hope it is. But here's the problem that people need to consider when you talk about this stuff with your students. Imagine somebody who trained karate and did not get that level of humility and humbleness that the people in that karateka in Japan get, and to a certain level in America get as well. You take this karate guy, he learns a little bit of judo, jujitsu on the side, he watches some videos of punching attacks, some forms, watches some MMA fights, then he comes to a kaiju kembo class. Or he pays for the plane ticket to fly a grandmaster out to his school and then wines and dines them, puts the grandmaster in a good mood. And after this is when we have a problem. Some of them are legit good people, some of them are not, but they're going to learn the Kaiju Kembo curriculum very quickly because they already know how to throw front kicks and horse dances. And in that small time where they very quickly become a black belt and get high rank, they're not going to learn the Kaiju Kembo essence of Ohana. They're not going to get the Kaiju Kembo sense of humility, which is different from other styles, I think. They're not going to get a lot of the philosophy because they haven't been around it long enough and people aren't talking about it enough. This is how you get people who leave Kaiju Kembo and self-promote, do their own thing. This is how you get people asking to be a grandmaster without training. Uh, because and they, or, and they leave the one grandmaster to go to another one to ask for a rank to becoming grandmaster. This is happening because people are not talking about this other side and we need to. So that's a big thing I want people to consider when it comes to the book. And as you were saying, what is not Kaju Kembo? Well, actually, we're going to get that to bed. It's okay. Something else that's controversial that we, that we said we'd talk about. Um, so, like, one thing I'm going to add to that, because I brought that up. And why do I keep why do I keep bringing up Hackleman? People are always like, what is it with you and Hackleman? The reason I keep bringing up Hackleman is because there's this disconnect between the public and Kaju Kembo. And Hackleman's controversial statement is the closest person to being able to make that bridge possible. He's the one? I don't know if he's the one. <laughs> but he has the most potential to build that bridge between the general public and Kaju Kembo. He has the most potential. 
Not to say that any of you people don't have the potential. You all have the potential. Me, you, everyone. I believe everyone has this potential. But the reason I say Hackleman has the most potential for this is because his students are in the public eye right now. Chuck Liddell, Glover Texaria, Court McGee. Um, I always fuck up his last name. Pereira, Pereira, Alex Pereira. These people are fighting in the UFC right now. They have the public eye on them right now. Right? So all it would take is for any of these people to start talking about Kaja Kembo. But, but there's a lot of stuff that politics within the UFC that I'm not going to get into. And I'm sure Hackman would appreciate me not getting into because there's like legal stuff behind this stuff. But I will say there's the greatest potential for public. Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Not public acceptance, just uh, not appreciation, exposure, right? That's there's a lot of potential there for exposure for Kaja Kembo there, right? So when I whenever I talk about well, oh, well, he said this, he said that, we're talking about someone who's really close, right? Like he's really close. He's been on Joe Rogan. He's talked about Hawaiian Kempo. He's talked about Kaja Kembo on Joe. He's gotten the most publicity nationally and internationally. And I'm up, some people right now, I'm, no, I got more. Put your ego to the side. <laughs> Just look at it for what it is. And if you don't agree with it, that's that's you. That's on you, not me. All right, this is me. I'm a nobody saying my opinion on it. Now, I can tell you that I've traveled the world. And whenever I said Kajikembo, no one knew what I was talking about. But if I mentioned John Hackleman, they knew what I was talking about. If, if I mentioned Chuck Liddell, I went to China. And I'm trading in China in an MMA gym. Shout out to Animal MMA and uh, shout out to Ramsey Dewey and whatever program he's doing nowadays. Um, and just mentioning Hackleman and Hawaiian Kempo got my foot in the door to go train there for free sometimes. And then I could explain to them what Kaja Kembo is. So like when I told him about that whole Grandmaster thing, this person's that person, that person, he told me, focus on yourself, fuck it. That's something, and I agree with him. That's the problem that is in all martial arts. It's not unique to Kajikembo. So we mean you can get upset because Kajikembo is our art and we hold it close to our heart. So whenever we see something like that, it's like, oh, son of a bitch. But again, social Angelo has this psychology thing. I don't, I don't talk about it. I try to put it in a way, I try to present it to my viewers in a way so that they can digest it. But something that's in psychology is being objective. It's, it's, it's baked in with the scientific method. When I'm looking at something, can I remove myself out of this thing and look at it objectively as if, what if I wasn't a Kaja Kimball person? This is what I'm always asking myself. What if I wasn't a Kaja Kimball person? I'm seeing this, right? And he made a really good point. This is something that happens in, in all martial arts. This happens in jujitsu. This ha even in jujitsu. And I, I had an example of this that happened in Brazilian jujitsu. Some guy self-promoting himself to black belt, handing his handing belts and telling the students to do the same this is something that happens in all martial arts. Now it upsets us that it's happening in our art. And yeah, I hope that they'd make some organization regulated. I honestly don't think they can. The most they can do is make an organization and say that we're the organization that's the real Kajikembo. And then these guys are going to make an organization. We're the real Kajikembo. And as a public person looking at all this, I'm like, either they're all full of shit or they're all Kajikembo. Right? And that's the scary part about that is as soon as a bunch of inner bickering, the public's going to look at me like, I guess it's all bullshit. It's either all bullshit or it's all good. And I think I'd rather lean towards it's all good, right? If I had to objectively look at it, I would hope that the general public would look at it and be like, it's all good, rather than it's all bullshit, because it's all bullshit hurts us more.
Now, that being said, now, now if anybody's left listening <laughs> after that statement, this 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 does touch on what I just said about a general disconnect between the general public, Kaja Kembo. And we said we were going to talk about it, and I know we we're going to try to keep it within 30 minutes. So I'm just going to hand this off to you. What are your ideas on this this thing about how Kajukembo guys, Kajukembo is number one in their worlds, right? This has to do with the last podcast. When I released the Emperor podcast, it got a bunch of views by the Kajukembo community. Thank you so much for the support. But the rest of the people that listen to my show that are not Kajukembo guys couldn't get past 30 minutes of it because it just wasn't. They don't know enough about it. That's why they have to listen. That's why I always tell people, listen to the What is Kaja Kimbo podcast first before you start listening to stuff we start talking about Kaja Kimbo because we're passionate about this. But the general public can care less. They're more, they'd rather hear more about how Renner Gracie, they'll, they'll tell, I've heard that. How many millions of times have you heard that story? Renner Gracie and USC1 and da 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 and da da da, right? And this, this is, this. to me, it's like an old story. And, uh, but to them, the general public loves that story. But, What's our general public story? You're this is the next question that we can't answer for the next five years. You know that, right? <laughs> our general story, our history. I think uh, your podcast with Grandmaster Mitch Powell is our general story. I think that one was i would say the best of your shows that i've seen uh even though it was you're looking at different methods this method this method and we hit with the emperado method and we have other methods to talk about the emperado method is where it started and that podcast went beyond where it started to how the other ones formed uh how the branch that i'm in the charles gaylord branch broke off and they did their thing and this branch of theirs that is our general story. Um, we in Kaiju Kembo are a different breed. We're we're a lot of sick puppies. And uh, we're our own thing. I don't know, man. I mean, you asked me that question. My first thought listening to music is I listen to progressive metal and nobody else has listened to that. <laughs> no one else is going to sit down and listen to a Rush, a 40-minute song by Rush. Um, that's just... But I think that kind of thing also brings us the people who are going to enjoy Kaiju Kimbo the most. I think we need to work to make it open to everybody. Um, one of the interviews I put in the book was with uh, James Juarez, who's my hero. And he his hope is to make Kaiju Kimbo a household name. And he told me this when I did that interview, oh, maybe longer than five, six years ago. He hopes for the same thing, just so we can make that connection. That if somebody wants to focus on the soft form and the artistic side and go into Tai Chi, they can do that. But it's still Kaju Kembo because we're bringing it in and keeping the core philosophy of who we are together. Um, you can focus on Tai Chi if you want, but you need to be able to knock a fucker out. All right. So we were, far, we're six minutes over what I wanted to do. So let's just go into what is not Kajukembo, a fun series of things that are not Kajukembo. I'll start. Um, I, there was a good one that we had on here. What was it? It was, oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah, now I remember. 
ballet is not kajigenbo. And why is that? Because you're not hitting anyone in the face. Fair, fair, yeah. So if we made a ballet fight ring, we can make a kajigenbo. As long as they're punching each other in the face. Yes. The leotards will make it effective, I think. All right. So it's not is- Kembo. I was thinking Hawaiian pizza, but that's <laughs> Hawaiian pizza. Ooh, that's Canadian. I don't know. Is not Kembo. I don't think so. No, no, it's not Kembo. Who the hell puts? You know, I'm. I love pineapple on my pizza, but who the hell puts ham? Uh, not me. All right. So, in in John's book, Hawaiian pizza is not Kembo. Uh, what else? What else? What else? That'll be my next book. Um, what is not Kajikembo? What is not Kajikembo? You oh. know what is not Kajikembo? Is Hawaiian pancakes. You know that in Japan, oh, yeah. Hawaiian pancakes are a big issue and everyone thinks, oh, this is great. I, I love Hawaiian food. These pancakes are wonderful. And that's not Kajikembo. It's not Kajikembo. It's not even Hawaiian. This conversation uh, is taking a good turn, you know. No, I know. That, that's why we, we wanted to wrap up with what is not Kajikembo. <laughs> what is not Kajikembo? <laughs> Um, I think I think another thing I can say what is not Kajikembo. It's cool to do things that are outside of Kajikembo to make your Kajikembo better. Mm-hmm. Right? That's yeah. fine. That's fine. That is. Sticking but, only with what you were taught, uh, not breaking away is not Kajikembo. Uh, I interviewed Jeff McAloyle not long ago, and he made a good point how people say, you got to stick to the, the or- original thing. You can't change anything. But Sijo did not stick to the plan. He did not do what his instructors taught him. He went and did his own thing. That's why we have Kaju Kembo. So, so what is not Kaju Kembo? Uh, sticking to the old ways of thinking and not being flexible enough to evolve to the future. Sticking to the old ways is not Kaju Kembo. Okay. All right. Um, I had I had a whole list and I was laughing about this and now I I, I, I forgot. Okay. Uh, along those lines, I would say. Uh, Taekwondo is not Kajikembo. It's Taekwondo. In that same sense, Kajikembo is not. Kempo is not. Karate is not. It's not in our acronym. Now, we can say that... And I, okay, whoa, whoa. Now we're going to avoid this Kajikembo. I'm going to avoid that. <laughs> you see, man, you keep doing this to yourself. I'm telling you. But I'm going to say Taekwondo is not Kajikembo. Now, you can Kajikembo fi Taekwondo. Mm-hmm. But Taekwondo in itself, Olympic point sparring taekwondo mm-hmm. with no punching to the face allowed mm-hmm. or light contact with that is not kajikembo. Yeah. That is yeah. same token, Brazilian jiu-jitsu. Gi jiu-jitsu competitions are not kajikembo. They can right. help you with the kajikembo, but you're not punching each other in the face. So it's not kajikembo. And what makes it not kajikembo is avoiding the philosophies that make it what it is. Yeah. And again, not to say it won't help you, so I'm very, 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 I'm very, very clear here. Not to say it won't help you. I'm not telling you don't do Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. I literally make videos with Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu techniques, and I says Kajikembo on there, right? Because I'm a Kajikembo guy doing Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, showing Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu techniques. See what I mean? So like, but the actual, it's not Kajikembo. Is that a bad thing? I'm not saying it's a bad thing. And I think I think that's that, I think that's the distinction to be made. Mm-hmm. People are like, oh, that's not Kajikembo. And then they get mad and they disregard it. And they throw it off the yeah. table. 
I feel like people have an easier time understanding Jeet Kune Do, how it's a way of, it is a philosophy. It's a way of training. It's not a list of techniques. Kaju Kumbo is was doing the same thing 20 years before that. It's They seem to understand Jeet Kune Do as a philosophy more than Kaju Kumbo as a, a way of life. Baking is not Kaju Kumbo. Why not? So I'm not punching you in the face. Now, if I, okay, if I grab my cake that I baked and shove it into someone's face, that's Kaju Kumbo. That is Kaju Kumbo. <laughs> All right, one more. Well, if we're, when we're taking a shot and it feels like a punch to the face, is that Kaju Kumbo? If someone grabs the shot and shoves it in your face, it is. <laughs> taking notes, give me a second. Hang on. Yeah. It's note to self. Punch Angelo before <laughs> taking the shot. All right. I think that's a good way to wrap it up. I think we've we've pissed off enough people in 41 minutes. Um, or not. Hopefully you enjoyed it. So I, I do ask again, all of you who listened, who 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 put up with us for 41 minutes, please don't especially the me. last 10 minutes. I'm so sorry. <laughs> it was actually six, I was counting. Oh I was, I was counting. For the last that. six minutes, I apologize. I had some. What someone? I forgot what episode it was. Someone took something I said seriously, and I, I, I always say, "Look, don't take things so seriously." Uh, we make. I make this show so that we can have these conversations, and I I ask you to please jump into the comments and comment, right? Or even more. People have been asking me a lot lately. What is the goal of my show? And the goal of my show is to talk about psychology, martial arts, and to talk about Kaji Kembo. And hopefully, hopefully, for the for the greater good of Kaji Kembo, people who don't know about Kaji Kembo will hear about it. And you'll have someone come into your school who has at least heard about it when they walk into your school. That'd be awesome. That'd be awesome for all of us. And really, that's what I would like to see happen. And that's why I keep talking about Kaji Kembo, even though... I'm trying to make to make it a bigger channel to create a connection to the general public more. Um, I would like to see people talk more about Kajukembo. So I ask you, all of you who are watching this, all you Kajukembo guys watching this right now that put up for 42 minutes of me just talking shit for the last six, um, make a YouTube channel, share your art, share your training. Right? I have this podcast where I talk and talk and yap and yap and yap with people about Kajukembo. But if you look at my at my Facebook page, if you look at my Instagram, it's just training video after training video after training video after training video. So like all I can say to you is please share your training. Um, if I, I was surprised the other day, there's a Kaju Kimbo guy that's not on the Kaju Kimbo training page. I thought everyone was. I thought all the Kaju Kimbo guys were on that page. Apparently, I, I made an assumption here. So yeah, if you're not on the Kaju Kimbo Training Society page, check it out. They're open to anyone who's Kaju Kimbo. They don't even have a rank requirement everyone's allowed to come in as long as you catch a gamble so jump in there and share your training on share the training, training page on the training page what a fucking concept share your training whatever it is if it's a video of you punching the bag great if it's a video of you doing a punch trick great if it's a video of you doing kata awesome i really don't care even if it's something i don't do like i always say when i see people sharing this stuff it's always great to see ohana training anything else you want to say no, that's about it. All right. Catch you all next time. <laughs>